beautiful Sunday morning here in Oakland, California, where it's at least 10 degrees cooler than it was yesterday. Enjoying the World Cup action and remembering my message from the other day of expectations versus reality. Speaking of which, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, it's currently streaming on all your favorite podcast forms, so go ahead and check that out. And keeping in that spirit, I woke up early to catch the uh, England-Panama game and had a revelation. England scored early and often and within 20 minutes there was a 4-0 lead and it quickly changed the tone of the game and the uh, aspirations of both teams. England now had developed a lead that it sought to hold and Panama needed to either fight its way back or find a way to make the best results, whether it was in combinations, set pieces, or other aspects of their game, as a win became farther and farther away. And Panama showed that their reasons and their focus would produce results. It didn't happen until the 78th minute, but that was when Panama found all of its hard work reaching a culmination, and in a great opportunity, they scored a goal that not only demonstrated their ability to compete with England and to have success, but that despite the score, their reason for being there was as valid as any other team, including the team that had just beat them. This is something that I felt would carry over into the Japan-Senegal game. An idea about what changes in the mind of the players and the team when a first goal becomes out of reach and new goals must be set and achieved in order to keep the success going that has brought the team this far in the World Cup. And I'm sure as both the management and staff hope will lead to continued returns in the future. Senegal and Japan entered today's game with a similar history. Both had won their opening games by a score of 2-1. And as today's match continued, they both carried a similar sense of momentum into the game. Senegal struck early and maintained a 1-0 lead 
until Japan was able to create an equalizer. 71 minutes into the second half, Senegal changed that story with a goal that gave them an advantage and a mere 17 minutes remaining in the game. But we wouldn't have to wait too long to see what the response from Japan would be. A drive-on goal and a cross brought Senegal's goalie out for a diving punch and a collision with the Japanese striker. The ball soared past both of them. And number 14 for Japan scooped up the ball before it could cross the touchline passed it back in front of the goal and watched his teammate drive it into the back of the net with his left foot. The ball passing two Senegal defenders, hopeless and helpless, to watch the tying goal strike the net. It's 11 a.m. on Sunday and that sound in the background is Poland versus Colombia in the final World Cup game being shown today. A lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation. And again, different expectations for each squad at the start of this game and again as we approach the final minutes. And five minutes in, we've already hit a really interesting twist for the Poland-Columbia game. I should have mentioned earlier that this is an elimination game for both teams, so the stakes are very high. But just seconds ago, the goalie for Colombia, who also plays for Arsenal, went down in a routine play where he appeared to catch a ball that skied up into the air, grab it, and then as he was turning to jog forward, one of the Polish players got in his way and the goalie stepped on his foot and went down. It was looking a little scary as they brought out the stretchers and assessed him, and it was difficult to understand where the problem was. But as he was lying there in horrible pain, he appeared to finally get to his feet and limp a bit severely. He doesn't look 100%. And it's hard to tell how this will impact the remainder of the game. But watching the backup goalie warm up on the sidelines, there was a tension that already the tide may have turned or an advantage may have been won or lost. And now one of Poland's players stomped the finger of a Colombian player and it feels like there might be a bit more of the dirty edge play that has been a complaint during the cup despite the uh, virtually assisted referee issues of full-on tackles and grabs and double team tackles on players in penalty and set play situations on top of, uh, well, the things that cameras catch 
that aren't always seen in live action and better in slow-mo. But the action's continuing and neither team is letting these smaller factors interrupt their main goal, which is to not be the team that's eliminated when the final whistle blows. 36 minutes in, and this game gets louder and more exciting with every second that passes. Columbia has been resilient, consistent, and their high pressure on the uh, Polish goal is really something to be studied and commended. There is a a sense that no matter how far Poland might clear the ball away or seek to control through possession, whether it's through aggressive defense or anticipation of the passing, Colombia quickly regains the ball and it's almost as though their possession is created by the goal to move forward together and set up opportunities around the goal because the transition from gaining possession to moving into the Poland defensive third of the field is much quicker than what you're seeing from Poland who will receive the ball, hesitate, drop back, try and reset the play and then advance but more often it seems that they only make it into two-thirds of the field and are rarely able to create a presence or even uh, get more than a few bodies into Colombia's defensive third and the pressure that Colombia is able to offer right now presents a feeling that it could be enough to wear down Poland. Maybe not by the time the whistle blows for the end of the first half. But if it continues, like water over a stone, it will eventually find cracks and weaknesses. And the cheers are only getting louder. Not two minutes later, and Colombia has proven that pressure pays off. By regaining possession after uh, collecting the ball from Poland, Colombia made two drives on goal and then moved to the right side where two to three passes led to a cross from number 10, James. As the ball sort of crossed, sort of crossed the six-yard box, you could see number 13 rising up above all the players and striking the ball with the left side of his head. It soars directly into the back of the net, and you can see there's almost a second, or maybe just a half second, of delay from when Colombia's striker 
hits the ball with his head and the hands of the pulling goalie reach to intercept it. And it's in that moment that the ball passes into the net and Columbia at 40 minutes has taken the lead. Sixty-nine minutes in, and perhaps as an announcer during the game says it best, a lifelong dream becomes a reality. Falcao, number nine for Colombia, scores a goal to put Colombia up 2-0. Twenty minutes remaining, but what's emphasized? is the response of his teammates. This 32-year-old man who's never scored a goal in a World Cup playing for his national team and seeking to give Colombia that extra cushion that only one more goal can provide. His teammate Quintero slips a really smooth pass between two opponent's defenders. You can see Falcao slip through, evade them both, and with his right foot, shoot a low shot that gets past the keeper. And the look on his face is pure exultation, relief, and gratitude as he sprints toward the corner post. His teammates surround him, they swarm him, and one by one, they look him in the eye, they congratulate him, they hug him, and they trot away, allowing the next teammate to do the same. The lifelong dream to score the goal was realized, achieved, and recognized, but it was the respect of his teammates, their desire to see this accomplishment for him, that was probably the bigger story. And as far as I'm concerned, it most definitely was the bigger story. During that goal, and perhaps even during the entire game, because it's the value of the way the team treats each other that is allowing Colombia to perform so well together in such a crucial game, that means their elimination or ability to advance in the tournament. You can put a value on that, and sometimes that value can be demonstrated. With this goal and a 2-0 lead, followed by the respect shown by his teammates, Columbia demonstrates where its heart, where its passion is in each other. And maybe that team spirit is contagious because just five minutes later, Columbia has scored again. It seemed like a simple transition an easy breakaway. 
But a pass right from the sidelines. Right to the open man in the center. His ability to sprint between two defenders and fire a goal on the ground into the right corner. Low, clean, clear, direct. It's a, a mark of expertise, a mark of expertise, skill, and to make it all just a little more fun. Valderrama, the uh, curly Q, golden haired star of Colombia in World Cups past, watches as number 11 for Colombia, dances with his teammates, and up in the stands, Valderrama looking down, dances with them, and the camera pans to all of the fans from Colombia, and they are all dancing. I guess it is contagious. Three minutes until 1 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, and most of the world here in Oakland, California has woken up and steadily charging along, even as the final whistle blows and Poland is eliminated from competition in the 2018 World Cup. There's the consolation in the voice of the announcers the images of cheering Colombian fans and uh, confused, downhearted, or even thankful, clapping, cheering Poland fans. There's the feeling of camaraderie between the players on the field and the recognition of the greatness from the standouts and stars of Colombia that led to their success and the elimination of Poland. More images showing resigned acceptance, hands wiping tears away from eyes, some of the saddest painted faces that exist aside from maybe a sad clown. But it's a reminder of the transition that always has to occur with the final whistle. That recognition that once the game is over, the results dictate where each team goes. One, to prepare for the next competition and challenge. The other, to prepare for what to do next, where to go, and how to begin preparing for the next four years and the next chance to be back on the World Cup stage. With the World Cup action for today at a close and the rest of the afternoon to enjoy it's easy to slip right in to the next responsibility. Like the document that I'm working on sitting on my lap 
which I'm on the verge of finishing and just need to wrap up. But before I do, my closing any good story, this is an opportunity to say thank you for listening, thank you for joining, and to ask if you wouldn't mind playing a role in participating. Any way that you wish is great. Uh, I'm always happy to engage with someone who would like to hear their own voice as part of this conversation. But if you just want to leave a message or a comment, and most importantly, a suggestion or a thoughtful critique, like the guy who just drove by and decided he needed to honk his horn, maybe that was his. Whatever yours is, the only way I can tell the best stories is by including you. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you good or bad. But more importantly, thank you for joining Storytelling with Seth, and I'm looking forward to telling the next story for you, and maybe one day about you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Oh, thank you. Thank you again for listening to Storytelling with Seth. Whether you're listening on Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, iOS, Google Play, or one of the many other platforms available. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if you're one of those generous supporters, thank you. If you didn't know, you can support my podcast while you're listening to this recording. Feel free to take a look for the link. That says to support me, which should be a really simple little button. And if you're having any trouble, don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. And I'll make sure that I'll do my best to help. But your listening, your continued support is what makes these podcasts possible. And I couldn't do it without you. So thank you again, not only for listening, but for your generous support and for all the different platforms that you listen to Storytelling with Seth. I look forward to sharing my next story with you soon.